podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Practice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cuphead Crackers, powered by Suicide Media Group. I am your host, Chris. Uh, joining me today, I have Julian and Ellis. Boys, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? Um, all right, Chris, man. Can't complain. Nice little start of the week. It's been calm. Weather's, weather's, uh... Yeah, it was alright actually. No, actually, yes, it was cold. I'm not gonna lie. It was a bit. It was a bit. Apart from that, yesterday. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, bit of a chill week. Got some time off, which is nice. Um, spending that just like tidying stuff up around the house, usual nonsense. Um, not not gone barbers yet, but that will be uh, that'll be on the agenda if I can get a haircut without having to wait outside, like we were discussing earlier on. But um. Well, yeah, man, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty chill, pretty chill, and obviously it's been compounded by the fact that Liverpool actually won a game of football at home, which was, wow, uh, something we've not seen since um, since last year, which Klopp was surprised at as well. Julian, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I can't lie to you. I just looked, like, take, took a look at myself, and I look, I feel like I look high, but Jesus Christ, it's because I'm so tired from the gym. It's so mad, bro. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm happy that gyms are open again. That's, that's keeping me alive for my week off. But yeah, fucking hell, I look a mess. I look so tired. But yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, man. Let's get through this. But I'm happy that Liverpool won in the weekend as well. You know, was able to have some vindication on the old Discord while the while the trying to listen through for it. So yeah, man, it was just, it's good. Can't can't complain. Can't complain at all. No, that's what we like to hear, man. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a common theme in the next kind of coming weeks as people kind of start to go back, go going back to the gym. It's one of those odd ones where it's like. I know the metal, muscle memory will kick in at some point, but man, I'm finished. Um, when I when I when I go back, it's um. Right off, you know, you know that you know that video of the guys fucking hell, man. I'm oh, finished. That's how I feel right now, bro. Oh my god. It's going to be a madness, but uh, no, I can't wait. As 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 always, um, well, you, if, if you follow all of us on Twitter, you can keep up to date with everything that we do, everything gym related, which is going to be which is going to be quite funny. Um, but as always, a quick note from us here before we do start the show off. Um, if you enjoy if you enjoy what you hear from us here at Cop and Fracas, um, then please do head over to our Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Cop and Fracas, and from just five pound a month, you not only gain access to a wealth of phenomenal audio, video, and written content, but you'll also be a key contributor in helping us continue what we love doing, discussing all things LFC. So, if you do want to subscribe, gain all access to everything that we have, and we have been killing it with the Patreon content recently, and we've got so much good stuff planned for, you know, this run until the end of the season, for the summer, with the Euros coming up and transfers, the the planning's already gone down, we know what we're going to do, and we would love for you to be with us on the ride. So, again, that is www.com patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas for more details and sign up today so without further ado let's start the show so a three o'clock kickoff which is something that we also haven't seen for a while um liverpool 
played Aston Villa, um, looking to get a little bit of revenge on the the, the battering that we took earlier on in the season, um, which was a bit of a painful watch pre-game as they literally played every single goal, uh, which brought me back to the pod that we did where we literally dissected every single goal, uh, <laughs> which, which I think... Did, is, is that the... Els, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that the pod that spawned the, the, the glorious I'm not a qualified coach line? Or was uh, it one further down the road from that? I think it was one further down the road from that. Oh... I thought we had a bit of an anniversary going on there. Yeah, yeah, we have to be that back, though. I just remembered all, all, all the hurt, all the pain that we had, <laughs> recording <laughs> that, breaking down every single goal yeah. piece by piece. Um, right. And, yeah, it was it was a nasty affair, man. But, um, thankfully, last-minute goal. A uh, last-minute, oh, my case. The, the, the goal from Trent was absolutely sensational. Chef's kiss, something you'd see from... From Pride and Steven Gerrard, uh, and they, and we came out with all three points, and what a three points it's going to look to be as we head into this running for top four towards the end of the season. So let's let's kind of have a bit of a discussion about how the game played out. And uh, Julian, I'll start with you. Um, we we lined up we, we lined up fairly decent. Um, you know when team when team sheet did come out, what what were your initial thoughts about how you, how we'd approach the game first and foremost, considering how Villa kind of set out in, yeah, in the previous fixture. I was going to say, I wasn't too mad um, at the lineup, to be honest. Um, I would have pr- pr- probably preferred um, Thiago to just be on so we can, we can add a bit of like, because I felt like um, what was missing, especially in midweek, was our passing. And I felt like Thiago, if he started, probably would have had a, a better effect on that. But I wasn't too mad that James Milner was starting as well. Um, but yeah, the lineup, lineup, yeah, had no complaints. I felt like Mane needed a rest. Um, I was, I was a lot, I was in, very in favour of Firmino starting. Um, I still think he, he should start on Tuesday as well. Um, so yeah, uh, seeing the initial one, I didn't have too many complaints. No, awesome stuff. Els, about yourself. Um, yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's always an odd one when the, when the lineups do come out and you see James Milner in the team. It seems that everyone and, the, and and their dog seems to have some form of meltdown when he's in the lineup. But how, how do you feel, especially with, with a few games that we've seen recently with Milner being in the, in the eleven? He seems to have a bit more of a of a calming approach when he's in the team. Yeah, I'm like Julian. I wasn't really too fussed with it, and I think um, a couple of men in the group chat said that he was going to come in because of the disaster that was Keita on the week on the midweek in regards to his defensive approach on that right hand side. So I expected uh, Milner to come in for that calming influence and just um, someone who was a bit more tactically aware and a bit more mature in the middle of the park to to um, to your spread of the ship. Like Julian, again, I would have preferred Thiago because, again, our passing was really poor um, midweek. So I would have liked a bit more control on the football. But besides that, I was kind of I was kind of the team I expected. To be fair, I thought Robertson would get a rest, but mm-hmm. not too sure um, Klopp sees it as that because of Nat Phillips and, and Kabak being too young. Uh, inexperienced at this level centre-back so you want as much familiarity around them as possible in terms of Robertson and Trent so you don't really want to change up too much but um, with that being said I didn't expect anything too drastic man. No, good stuff, good stuff I kind of want to focus on obviously we'll start focusing on the first half which I thought I mean, we started off the game really well um, created a lot of good chances had a lot of good possession with the ball but I was really surprised by how Villa really set out. They were quite withdrawn. They were looking to try and get get on the counter attack as kind of quick as possible. Uh, you know, their front three consisted of, consisted of Oliver Watkins, Trezeguet, and Bertrand Traore, which I thought was an interesting choice. I kind of thought he would have, he definitely would have gone for pace, um, similar to the reverse fixture. Um, and obviously, John McGinn was in a bit of that floating role in front of uh, marvelous Macamba and. The, uh, Douglas Louise. So it was interesting how they really set out with that kind of withdrawn approach, and I think that did play into our hands a little bit. Um, Julian, I'll come to you. Were you surprised by how Villa lined out? Um, no, um, especially with Jack Grealish being out. It kind of, um, you know, it, it, especially with. I, I'm quite surprised at how passive they were, to be honest. But not yeah. how to line up with Jack Grealish being out. He's a driving force in that team. He's the guy that you know brings the ball forward, wants to create, makes things happen. And without him, I don't really see 
a lot of players with those with those same qualities. Um, you have Oliver Watkins, who can probably his movement is great, can get on the end of get on the end of great moves. But um, yeah, in terms of actually like driving the team forward and actually creating opportunities in the game, I don't think they had that type of player. Um, so yeah, Jack Greenish being out was 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 something that Aston Villa could have done could have done better with. Yeah, they didn't really have that one specific player where they can kind of rely on to dictate the pace of the game. Um, but yeah, I think their, their approaching style was really, really hard. How, how withdrawn they were, and playing kind of within themselves and relying on um, just relying on their steel to kind of possibly get them to withdraw. Really, um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. But you know, as, as the first half played out, um, Els, I'll come to you on this. We created a lot of really good chances. Uh, pressing was there, kind of from the front three and a lot of the midfield. Um, to kind of win the ball back, and we played on a lot of Tyro Mings mistakes, and it's 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 an odd one to me how kind of Tyro Mings is an international defender because, in my opinion, he's 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 not that good. Um, the the, the fellow next to him, Ezra Conte, is far a better footballer. But the the kind of Liverpool we've become a little bit too accustomed to since the turn of the year in terms of creating a high number of chances relative to their possession and you know what we've got going on. But been squandering with them as well. Do, do, do you think before we get onto obviously Villa's goal, um, which really wasn't earned in all honesty, um, do, do you think they should have been one 0 up before that point to even allow oh. it to be, yeah, to, to allow Villa to kind of creep into the game? Yeah, most definitely. Um, most Salah had two guilt edge opportunities, which on any other day he takes. Um, I feel. I think the second one was, was worse than the first one. I think it was on his left foot and he's ballooned it over the bar. Um, a man of his goal scoring ilk, you expect him to put that away. Um, I expected Liverpool to be one up. We gave away too many chances and um, it was reminiscent of what, three, four seasons where we will dominate the game, dominate the ball, a lot of chances, but we won't score then. Other team goes up and because of our soft underbelly, we lose the game. So, um, yeah, I expected us to at least take one and just kill off the game, but we didn't, man. We didn't leave. We get our shooting boots on, but it's not really nice when you're like, missing bare chances, especially like, when you haven't won at home for months. It seems like years. Then you see all these chances go wide and players miss hitting it. And it's, yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't really encouraging, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't the, the best, especially when you've got a kind of make or break tie against Real Madrid tomorrow night, where you need to win by two clear goals to to turn to, to realistically go through. Uh, and obviously, we'll be talking about that later on. But I think it's more annoying that they played a lot better first half for for, for me than they did second half. I think second half they they were in a really weird period where they did bring the game to 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 one one. Um, and they did that fairly fairly quick, kind of obviously before the 60-minute mark. But there was a there was a 10-15 minute period in that game where Aston Villa were def- for the second half were on top and they were creating creating the better chances. And obviously, Trezeguet hits the bar, so it was very strange about how they kind of really didn't carry that form into the second half. But again, those missed chances did come to bite us, unfortunately, on the arse as as Oliver Watkins did score. And and and, and Julian, I'll come to you on this bit of a. A bit of a nothing goal, in all honesty. Um, there's, there's there's faults from pretty much everyone involved in the goal, really. I think, I think initially Kabak does quite well to to clear the ball. Um, unfortunately, he does fall to to, to John McGinn, uh, he, who does play you know a fairly decent pass. Kabak gets caught wrong side of Oliver, Oliver Watkins. Watkins is allowed to kind of drift in, but and then the ball gets past Allison far too easily. That goal for for you. Uh, do, do you think it was a bit of a personification of, of our season so far in terms of the ease of which it was allowed and how it came back from a, a bit of decent play to be a bit, a bit of a costly error? It um, it going um, against us is something I wasn't really used to this year in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. With with us with us this, in 2021, I feel like we've not been able to create the chances that we needed to create. Um, I definitely feel like we've been on the back foot a lot more, especially even at home. So even that was a, was a lot more of a surprise um, going into the first goal um, that Aston Villa scored against us. I, I don't know. I see, I see what you're saying. At this point, it's kind of like you've got to take this, the rough with this move, isn't it? Like, um, with Kabaka and Nat Phillips, these moments are going to happen because they're clearly not to the level that we're trying to aspire to. So those moments are going to happen. But then you do expect Adrian to kind of be that last, last, last shield of defence. Like, you, you expect him to... And his mm-hmm. qualities to shine through, but in moments like that, he's definitely 
he's definitely at fault. I feel like Allison was was to blame mostly for that one. Um, those moments are going to happen with Nat Phillips and Quebec, but <clears throat> but Allison not being able to get such a a stronger touch on the ball when it was coming through. It wasn't even a it was a good finish, but it wasn't something that I felt like you know couldn't be saved. The the ball, the tempo of the ball was quite slow, and once it got hit, it wasn't really anything that I felt like Allison couldn't do with if he had a full sight. Maybe you can talk about um you know I think it was Quebec that was in front of him. Um, or yep. was it? Yeah, it was Quebec in it. Um, Quebec being in front of him, so his so his sight was a bit off. But yeah, man, uh, Allison, yeah, another mistake from him, and it's it's not it's not looking good for 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 not for his season, but how he uh, how his season's been. You know, he's he made quite a few of these, but I hope he gets out of that rut soon. Yeah, hopefully. I think he kind of he went through something similar at the beginning of the season, really, didn't he? Um, but then we went into the Chelsea game and he saved that penalty, and it kind of all kind of reverted back to back to normal, really. I think uh, with with goalkeepers, it is all about moments, and sometimes you do need that one kind of big moment to kind of pull you back to to your normal form. But it is a little bit of a, it is a little bit concerned at the moment that he's kind of been beaten by these really tame efforts on goal. Uh, again, the, the Vinicius goal from from the previous fixture against Real Madrid, the the, the one that made it three one was really tame and something simple that you, you for a goalkeeper of his quality he should be saving. So, uh, and, and I, I agree with, with with Danny there, who's kind of put kindly put a comment in the YouTube section. Um, again, if you are if you are watching this on YouTube, please do hit subscribe uh, to the Twitter Frackers YouTube channel. Um, he said that Alisson is the only one to really blame for that goal in all honesty. And I kind of agree with him, to be fair. Um, yeah, Kabak does get caught wrong side. But again, like we said, goalkeeper of Alisson's kind of stature and you know uh, prowess should, should, should definitely be saving that. We do have the ball in the back of the net uh, as, a, as a response. And it's, it's, it's a really good, really good move of football, which is, which is the um, ridiculous thing about it. It's a, it's a fantastic <laughs> ball by Trent to pick out um, Diogo Jota. And then fantastic effort from Jota to put the ball in. Um, granted, it might have been a bit of a miss, mistouch from Firmino. Um, I think he was quite, quite, quite deft, um, deft touch from him. And then he, put, he slams the ball in the back of the net. We'll, we'll talk about the the, the 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 nature of the decision and, and the whole VAR controversy a little bit later on, but that kind of just compa- that that essentially for, for me made the team feel like they went in two nil down, um, which makes the the comeback a little bit even more sweeter. Els, what 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 were your thoughts about the kind of just the, the team going in two nil based on what we've gone through the past past couple of weeks? Did you think this is this is completely done? There's no way we're getting back into the game. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. That's what I did think, man. I just think I just thought that would just absolutely kettle the lads. Um, I thought their heads would go. Um, haven't won a game at home for like, since January or since December or whatever it was. Again, something's going against us. But if you obviously if you use the previous history from this season, the short history of this season, it, it's one of those things that yeah, it would um, make you just feel that oh, it's too much. It's too much of a mountain to climb. And they don't have enough fire in their stomachs to to go on and, and try and get a win or even try to equalise. So mm-hmm. it was just it was just one of them things that I wouldn't put I wouldn't like put it past any Liverpool fan who thought yeah we're just gonna lose probably two 0 we're just gonna succumb to it. And, you know what I'm saying? We succumb to it and yeah. it's whatever. Like, it's because it was the same thing as like the Fulham game. Fulham scored and just thought it's game over really because we just didn't look like. <laughs> going, coming in and getting a win so um, yeah at that point I thought oh, this is long it's going to be another long day a lot of banter a lot of kettled heads group chat's going to be popping on until like 4am in the morning that's what I just thought <laughs> <laughs> I was like the lads they came back and they delivered no I could completely agree um, yeah I, when we went into half time especially after that kind of slightly faster Farcical VAR decision. I was sitting there thinking, I can't be asked with this, really. I mean, the the, the, uh, the, the most annoying thing is, like, they, they played really well first half, um, and you know, with them, you know, I can, I can imagine them, you know, going back home, and then you know, one of the one, of the, the missus going, oh, how was how was the game? How did it all turn out? And it's like, yeah, same as normal, really. We played really well, but then we just got completely <laughs> fucked. So um, yeah, same old, same old. Um, but it's, I guess it's nice them to obviously go back and say, yeah, we actually won. Fucking hell, um, which is um, which is a nice way of doing it. Um, we do get the goal um, fairly quickly after half time. Uh, Mohamed Salah scores a, a brilliant goal, um, kind of on the 
57 minute mark but it's a weird period after that because we come out and we establish a little bit of, a little bit of dominance kind of in that 10 15 minutes kind of straight after um after half time we're really in control playing playing good football but then we kind of get a little bit too into our heads in the intensity of how we want to kind of get get back to 2-2-1 two, two, that leads Villa to creep in with a few chances I think Trezeguet um who I think he played really well. I think he played fairly well um, for Villa in this game. He's one of the better performers. Uh, he smashes the crossbar um, at, at one point, and then they go from the extreme of trying to make it two-one to kind of just calming it down a little bit too much, which gives Villa a bit more of a foothold in the game. It, it was a really weird second half where they just weren't weren't great at, at all. Until the last 10 minutes of the game, where they really forced the issue. Uh, I think Thiago coming on definitely, definitely helped that. Um, the, the, the others, I think the stuff that definitely didn't help it was um, Sadio Mane coming on for Roberto Firmino. Mainly because, and I'll ask you about this, Julian, when, when Mane came on, it wasn't asking Mane to do normal Mane things. It was yeah. kind of saying, can you, can you literally do what Firmino has been doing, doing for 75 minutes? And you know, do a little, do a little bit more pace. And my word, was that man's head just gone? Yeah. It was just... Before, before, before I actually get into um, my criticisms of mine, I actually want to start with praise. Like Firmino, well done, man. He, I felt like he, um, he, I, I felt like in the first half he started really well. Um, you know, was threading, was threading balls, making, making the right passes. But second half, it was really um, what was missing in our front three, um, especially with Mane being there, and that's a bit of control. That's a bit of like calm, like a bit of fluid, fluid football flow, just flowing through one guy, linking up with um, Salah pretty well, linking up with Joe pretty well. So yeah, I was I was really impressed by him um, against Aston Villa. Um, but uh, yeah, Marnie coming on, man, so erratic. That's 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 the way. That's the the best way to describe it. Um, they, they felt like there was no control, uh, there was no method to his madness um, where there normally is. It felt like you know he was losing the ball quite a lot. Um, even when he was getting the ball, he was kind of making the wrong passes. Yeah. And he, and and that chance um, at the very very end where I felt like he should have squared it to Joe. Ah oh, man, less, the more less about the less said about that the better because yeah yeah Marnie's, Marnie's in a rut right now, man. He's not been playing well. Um, it's the same and it's the same critiques that we have of him. Um, um, in the, over the past few weeks, like you know the intensity is there, but there's no final product to match that intensity. So it just looks it just looks a whole lot worse. So yeah, man, um, poor cameo from him. He's 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 become really weird because I think he's doing a lot of lot of his good stuff obviously outside the penalty area, and as soon as he gets in the penalty area, his head just absolutely goes. Yeah, he's yeah, become... literally the final the final product. He do like he probably like you know make the run to get there, but that final cross, that final pass, that final shot is just off, like literally off, and it's and it's frustrating. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's it's the most it's, it's the honestly the most weirdest thing ever. But hopefully he can sort this out and pull up with a nice game on Wednesday night and help us progress um, into the semi-finals of the Champions League. But last ten minutes of that game, shades of the old Liverpool did come through. Um, I mean, talk about kind of overcoming obstacles, VAR decisions, uh, Villa kind of just being being a little bit less less lazical um, in the game. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, they played really well. The past ten minutes, they they were awesome in in, in that game, um, and it was all personified by a fantastic goal by Trent Alexander Arnold. Els, um, I'll, I'll let you talk us through. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. 
Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Kind of the, um, the, the, the play for that goal, really, because it's just, just fantastic build-up. I mean, first and foremost, I have to say, the save... From Emmy Martinez from that Thiago shot. Good. Jesus save. Christ. Great it's save. Real safe. Yeah, man. Obviously, if I, if I didn't support Liverpool, I would have said I did not deserve to equalise for that save. It was a point winning save, to be fair. But yeah, like you said, the last 10 minutes, we increased the, the, the tempo of the game. Our passing became a bit more sharper, way more crisp. Um, Thiago coming in, started to dictate, dictate stuff. Um, Shaq came on and done something positive for the first time in a little while. <laughs> and his weaker foot, and, so, and, 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 and his shack sense is tingling. He's, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to come in the comments soon. Um, it was actually a good ball for um, for Tiago on his weaker foot. Yeah, really so was, was like, wow. yeah. I was like, right, so you can actually play football. Wow. So yeah, it, it was it was really good, man. Is this you know in, in games like this, you need your like your technically proficient players to be the calmest ones. So you've got your Shaqs, your Thiago, even that shot from Thiago, like some yeah. of his high techniques, you know what I'm saying? It was a very, very technical, technical chance, um, a, a great save. Then um, the ball falls to another technical, gift, technically gifted player in, in Trent, and he starts it away. But, uh, but having said that, that finish was absolutely sick. If you've seen the 3D, um, that 3D image that uh, yeah. Liverpool put on their Twitter thing, and see how many bodies were in front of him, just to just to find the the back of the net. It was actually like you can't he, he, right? the, the whole the whole portion of the goal he's aiming at isn't even visible. Yeah, it's not it's covered by it's, like it's two, two Villa players. It's insane. Yeah, <laughs> to get to wrap it round them to beat the keeper, it was it was a fantastic goal. And like you said at the top of the pod, like shades of um, Stephen Gerrard of yesteryear. So um, to be fair, like. I was kind of surprised that they came back and won just because of how how poorly they've played in the last three months. So we're going January, February, March, and how how soft their underbelly was, and to come back and beat a decent Villa side gave me a lot of confidence towards the end of the season. And it shows that I'm not going to say oh yeah Liverpool's back, but it shows me that yeah they're slowly getting their their cojones back. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. For for too long, it's just been uh, a poor team like, no offence, if have got any Brighton fans listening, but a poor team like Brighton or Burnley will score a goal or they will stop you from playing. And it's all like, oh, well, woe is me, we can't win the game. But they actually got back their mojo from last season where a team will score against them and that team knows that, oh yeah, Liverpool's going to turn it up now. It's, it's long now. Do you know what I'm saying? So... I was happy that that kind of that, that shade of Liverpool was, was coming back and to be, to be, to be able to, to win the game was very impressive. But I just want to use that 30 seconds to, to talk about Trent. Um, I didn't really enjoy his game <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> I thought, for the first time, yeah, I thought defensively he was OK, but going forward he was absolutely, let me look for the right word, abysmal. His passing was off. I don't know how many times he lost the ball. His passing was just all over the gaff. Um, I thought sometimes maybe Gareth, the, the thought of Gareth Southgate, Gareth Southgate in the stands was getting to him. I'm not too sure, but going forward, it was really, really bad. And, and like Tim Sherwood said earlier in the article, that the temperament and just to you know, keep your head in the game and to finish like that, it was, it was superb. And he's only young, he's only 22, so we're going to see more from him. But again, I thought defensively he was OK, but going forward, it was really bad but but he won us the game so I can't really say much he dealt with Trent guy fairly well which was which was interesting because um, yeah. he's, he's a bit he's a tricky uh, he's a tricky character um, yeah. I, say, yeah. I, 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 I say that with all due respect <laughs> saying he's a tricky character um, yeah. so yeah, Trent was proper getting into his tackles um, against yeah. he was probably getting, yeah. into his, probably getting into his defending back done. Bro, there was one he done where I, I saw intensity. I nearly fell off my chair. I was like, whoa. Yeah, like he was popping <laughs> in. 
<laughs> so I thought like Gareth Southgate being this that kind of made him like cool. Let me show you what I can do defensively. Like he's proper putting in challenges, um, getting <laughs> dirty, and yeah, um, for him to but for him to come out on the other side and come with a clutch goal like that, man, one of my favorite goals of the season for sure. It was such a pinpoint finish, man. That's fantastic um, goal. Trent technically so clear. I feel like he was being a bit harsh there, at least on the on the um, attacking side of uh, Trent. I feel like he yeah. he done it right. I feel like he done. It. I feel like. Um, he put in a couple of good crosses. There were some moments where he was like, you know, they were trying to do the one twos of Salah and mm. and was it Thiago, um, yeah, and Thiago. But uh, yeah, man, I, I felt like he done alright. I felt like it wasn't nothing to write home about saying that he w- he wasn't good on that side. To be honest, yeah. Fair, fair. See, Thiago definitely came on and added a bit of impetus in the midfield, which was which was a bit was lacking at that point because you kind of when you when you do start as expected when you do start kind of Milner and Genie. It's very industrious. There's not going to be like dynamic edge, um, even though we know that Genie is actually capable of it. But for some reason, oh, he tries to play within himself, and it's the most yeah, frustrating yeah. fucking thing ever. And that's a that's a subject matter for another part because that could be an hour just on its own. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought just kind of flipping the conversation onto another uh, the, the other um, the fullback in Liverpool's team before we kind of talk about VAR. Um, that won't be a very respectful conversation. That'll be um, fucking warfare. Um, I thought and- Andy Robertson probably had his best game in yeah. about three months for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, he was he was fantastic. I thought he didn't look tired at all, which was, which was insane because he's played every minute of football known to man in the past 12 months. Um, and he just looked on the ball. He looked sharp. He looked on it. And that's a great thing for us now, kind of heading into this part of the season that we're in. Yeah. I thought, again, I thought that was one of his best games. Um, again, it wasn't to the level that we're usually, we're usually accustomed to, but it was better than his previous games. Um, he was getting forward a bit more. Balls were coming in. He was crossing a bit more. Now for that equaliser, you can see him in the in the in a box which was a rarity, which has been a rarity for a little while. But yeah, I thought I thought you done I thought it was alright, man. I enjoyed that performance. No, awesome. Got a comment in, in here from Raul. Uh, and thank you very much for, for, for your lovely message there saying you like my commentary during WrestleMania weekend. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, I do have a side note, do have a pod coming tomorrow on everything that was WrestleMania based this weekend, but let me not be shameless and plug it on here. Um, he's, he said, um, Shaq, a permanent bench player or shipping him off for 15 million great British pounds. Um, I can answer this one just off the, off the back of myself. The consensus opinion will be if we get 15 million great British pounds with Jen Jagiri, uh, us three will drive him to that destination ourselves. Uh, I'll <laughs> 15 million Usher bucks, bruv. Are you mad? Facts. Oh, my God. Good yeah, game. That might be a decent game, though. Give, I'll give yeah, he, yeah really game. good. That's the one time... There. That's the one time in recent memory he's come on and made an impact. Because oh. I even said to my dad when he came on, I was like, ah, oh, he's pushed Shaq on. It's going to be 1-1. One, one. But, um... Yeah, and, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did that little bit of finesse and dynamism that we actually needed. And I was like, fucking hell. And I was like, so, like, deflated when I saw Shaq come on. I was like, yeah, Shaq. He's always 1-1. One, one, he actually done... And, and the thing is, he, I think he done an interview after as well. Like talking about how much quality he can bring up, bring to the bring, bring, bring him in the pitch. I'm like, oh, oh, I, he didn't, didn't try. I like him because he really believes in his own wave, man. Like oh, he just man. believes that. I, I've said it so many times before. When he steps, when he steps on that pitch, in his mind, in his heart of hearts, he believes he's the greatest player on that football pitch. And you have to commend it, man. You yeah. have to commend it, like you said. It's um. It's interesting, but God bless him. But but yeah, if if it were fifteen million Great British pounds on the table for George Carey, sorry my brother, but you got to go. You got to go. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we're having this conversation about VAR after it's following a Liverpool win as opposed to a Liverpool loss where it's affected by this decision. Um, so we can kind of tie into it in a little bit more detail. The biggest error. I say error. The biggest issue, what seems to be, for me anyway, in terms of the process, is it's still vulnerable to human error. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of mistaken this. It's they, they they blame the machine, they blame the, the the system of the AR when the system's fine. It's main it's mainly the people using it that are making these decisions and and doing whatnot. 
uh, into just tomfoolery of it. Let's just let's be honest with it. Um, I mean, you had William Jose in the Wolves game against Fulham on, on the, the, the day before. Similar incident. He was ju- just to be offside. Clearly looked onside to me. Um, I was confused again. Uh, you had an incident from earlier on in the season as well with Patrick, the, the, the famous one, which still boggles my mind, when Patrick Bamford is clearly onside, but his arm is stretched out because he's detailing where he wants the ball passed and it's just to be offside. That's just insanity to me. And then you have the incident from our game where um, it, when you look at it initially and then you look at it in normal play, Jota definitely looks onside. He, he for sure looks onside. Now, I'm, I still think he is offside, onside. But when you go to the lengths that they do in terms of slowing the images down, going frame by frame by frame, it leaves a li- not even leaves a little bit of doubt, but you kind of get in your mind thinking, he might be offside here. Yeah. But even though you know he's not offside, it, it looks like he's onside. And, and the drawing the lines on Wada is just absolutely, it's, 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 it's nonsense. Else, I'll, I'll come to you. Where, where, where are you at this point with, with VAR, just in general, really? Bro, I like, I, I believe that technology has always been brought in to improve the life of, a, of the humans, isn't it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like we've got phones, but I can do everything. We've got, we've got in Zoom, we can call whoever. So, yeah. so VAR, yeah, VAR is definitely a good thing and it's a good aspect of the game and it helps us find out the things that the referee or helps us see the things that referees miss because they're human, they miss everything. But then when the standard of officiating in this country is in the toilet bowl, yeah, it's going to make VAR look like, oh, it's a problem. So then you get pundits saying, oh, VAR, mate, we don't want it. It's making the game bad. It's not really the, the machine that is... You know what I'm saying? Everyone uses a computer, you know what I'm saying? If your computer's not working... <laughs> It's that you're doing it wrong, isn't it? so it's going to be a human error. It's a human, it's a human error part. So when they're drawing the lines, what I've noticed is that it's always at an angle. It's always that like, it's never yeah. like side on or anything. Surely you can get a camera that makes it side on that gives you a proper legit um, view of what you're ruling, isn't it? Especially when there's no fans in the stadium as well, when you haven't got kind of any, any issues with restricted view. You know what I'm saying? You can you can even get a man on a touchline. Tell him, man, I beg you, go and stand, <laughs> stand somewhere. <laughs> you know I just don't understand why why you would um, go through all that lengths to go at a wrong angle to find nothing, something that's not there. Like you're trying to make it more edgy. It doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't need it. We just need you to get the right result at that precise moment. Um, yeah. They've given Jota offside because what his armpit or something. I think his armpit was just a bit of I don't know. I mean, like, what, what is he offside for? Nobody knows. They haven't said anything. Yeah. Nobody knows. And that's the problem. Like, you've just given offside, you've given a, um, you've taken, what, a minute, two minutes to do all of that. Then everyone just has to go home and just take it. It's ridiculous, man. I'm sorry, but the, the referees in this country are abysmal. So bad. So bad. They're, they're shocking. They are, they are terrible. Um, there also is that issue of, with certain rules, I think a big thing for the Liverpool team as well is certain things that are just to be offside in the Premier League are not offside in the Champions League because the margin of error and whatnot is completely different. So I don't get why it's not universal across the board. I don't know why every FA has a different set of rules for completely different things. That in itself is just is, is stupid. You know what I mean? Like Why aren't we on, under one conformed rule? Yeah, stuff like that. Why is it one thing for one person? The only time Liverpool have... Um, the only time those lines have been drawn for a Liverpool game in Europe was when Mane scored against Porto. Yeah, and he looked offside. Like, <laughs> he, looked, he looked offside. It was legit. Like, oh yeah, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. And he was onside. That's the only time. How many seasons ago that? That's like what three seasons ago. It was three imagine, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Imagine all the games we've played in Europe. There's not one time that thing has come up. And the refereeing in Europe is a bit. Sometimes it's a bit weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, we'll, we'll, we'll still take it. In, ah, this country, if I talk about referees in this country, I'll be arrested. Bro. I definitely feel like the Champions League, um, what what um, UEFA have got got down, which the others don't, they don't play it to the book, like literally by the fucking millimeter, like we do in the Premier League. Like, yeah, they kind of give the attack a bit of leeway. They kind of give it to, they kind of give it to the point where you're like, okay, this looks a bit contentious, but because we can't see it to the naked eye and it's not going to really affect the game like that, we'll just give them the goal. 
And I feel like that's how it should be done. Even if it's against us, like, I don't want this whole getting a fucking millimetre ruler out to just see where if a fingernail is, um, is just offside or someone's armpit is offside. Like, kind of just let the game, it's like killing the game. Like, just let the game flow. Like, you know, there's no need for you to, there's no need for you to, like, disallow a whole goal because, like, you know, to the naked eye, I mean, you have to zoom in and get, you know, the, the those fucking red and yellow lines out so you can see, like, who's offside and what's not. And then, yeah, like, it's too much. Like, it's too much. Like, that's why in UEFA, it's a, it's a lot more enjoyable now because you, you can, you when these VR decisions happen, it's quite quick. The attackers have having a bit of a advantage and you get your quality entertaining games. Like, there's no need for this stupidness, man. It's happening all the time. And it's getting annoying. I also think there's a little bit of a bit of needle from the officials as well, where they've gone, oh, you want to use this technology, do you? Oh, you want to use this? Do you want to use it to the letter of the book? Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Um, want some red lines, do you? Yeah, yeah, we can yeah, do that. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, we can okay, have, yeah. we can have diff, we can have different sizes of lines for every different occasion yeah. as well. Make it even a bit more spicy. So, yeah, the VA, yeah they're definitely salty at the VAR, man. They're like, <laughs> trying to tell us, they're like in South Park. <laughs> 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 it's yeah, it's 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 the manner in which it's used, and it's it's just a bit farcical, really. I mean, when when you get into the point where armpits, sleeves, and you know what I mean are, are being addressed to be offside. I mean, again, I have to go back to the Bamford thing. What do you want him to do? Like, yeah, I, I remember so many times. Like, I, I remember against Everton, Henderson's one was just, was ridiculous against oh, Brighton. Oh yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Like. It's it's always us that that this is that these like are judging by the way their elbow goes is 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 like the elbow the bone in their elbow is is where it fucks up the VR decision for us like it's proper annoying. Just yeah, just 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 use it properly. You know what I mean? And then I mean yeah, you, you use it properly, but you know don't be as pedantic as possible with it. You know what I mean? Um, and the thing that gets me as well, especially like it's it's a fast paced game that that goes without saying. And obviously, attackers can't move, adjust their body movement. They're front facing. They're going forward. They're attacking the ball. They're attacking one side of the pitch. You can't expect them to lean themselves back like Fat Joe. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just not going to happen. And also, attackers are always on the edge and over on the cusp of, of a move. So they're looking for how they can gain the little advantages. So you don't. You have to use content. I'm not too sure why they don't use context with. Like if that, like, for instance, Bamford is trying to tell he tell his um his mate, yo, put the ball there for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it. He's not gonna score with his hand, is he? He's not gonna yeah. score with his hand. You know what I'm saying? So why would you now say, right, his shoulders offside, bro? He's not gonna score with his hand. <laughs> so I don't understand what you men are giving it offside for. Again, it's the, the thing with the Jota thing as well, and sorry to interject else. I think we're going in the same direction here. The, the Jota move is just to be offside by, like, what, a few millimetres? So what you're really trying to tell me is the period of play that went on after that, him being offside by a few millimetres really had that much of an effect on the yeah. overall outcome of the um of, of the move. Is yeah, that what we're saying? Is that, is that what we're saying? Like, is that Are you telling me that that millimetre was enough for him to gain an advantage? He gained an advantage because um, Matty Cash misread the ball. Like, if Matty Cash isn't misread the ball, he's not getting there, is he? But because Matty Cash read the ball, he got there. So, therefore, you should just... Fam, come on, man. You have to use our heads in these things, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. Still, still don't even know if Matty Cash even touched the ball. Because it looked like he I'm touched not, the ball as well. Exactly. <laughs> like, nobody knows that because everything is just inconclusive. And, and like you, I think you, was, you that mentioned it for that Everton game where, like, in the NBA, referees come out and they... Um, after the game, they, they describe every decision or a contentious decision. In this country, it's just like, oh, yeah, you can't talk about the ref. You talk about the ref, the FA will find you. Like, fam, why, how can you, how can your decision affect my job and I'm not going to talk about it? Bro, like, exactly. it's my job. Your, your, your decision, like, say, for instance, like, Klopp was better under pressure like, and he had to win this game or he's going to get sacked. The family gets sacked because of that. Touch what he doesn't get sacked. But I'm just saying that. You know what I'm saying? Like, your now your decision has now affected my job. Well, I should sue someone for that, though. Oh, yeah. well, remember last season? Remember last season when uh, the goal line technology wasn't turned on for that Villa Sheffield United game? Bro, um, you know what I'm saying? And um, uh, that, oh, 
if one of them would have got relegated off the back of that, that, that then opens up a whole realm of legal legalities where, you know, we got relegated by two points and we dropped three points in yeah. this fixture, which we would have yeah. gotten. So, you I know. Someone got relegated because of that, because if, I think it was, uh, one, I think Villa, if Villa had lost that game, they would have gone down. They would have, they, they would have gone down, know, yeah. yeah. They would have had that extra point. They would have had that extra point. It's, nah, it's, it's too much. The, the the margins are too fine for no reason, man. You have got to have a bit of daylight there, man. Completely agree. I'm glad we had a, a good civilized conversation about VAR. We've we've, we've talked about VAR more civilized than they fucking use it. So that's um that's that's a nice touch. <laughs> so it's it this is a very depressing stat. It's it's not as depressing as that conversion rate stat from the weekend where it was at point nine conversion rate for our shots on target for our shots on goal at home which was which absolutely spun me when I saw it. I had to pause it and double check that it was uh, that it was accurate. Um it's the first time it's the first time Liverpool have strung together a consecutive run of wins three games on the bounce since September last year. I had to generally go back and check myself. I didn't think it was that long. For for, for you guys now, obviously We'll, we'll, we'll quick ride through this. Do you think the team is coming to? Do you think the team is coming to like a nice vein of form at the right possible time to end the season in, ter- in terms of looking for a top four, top four finish? Yeah, you you would think so. You would think so. Um, three wins on the bounce is is very is very good. Um, and especially before the Real Madrid game, I'm also getting some wins in the Champions League. You yep. think that's good news? Um, but. The thing is, I don't, I, I don't know if um, this, this, we can have the same expectations of um, this team to, uh, to have, you know, to go into the next game and absolutely win it because we're in good form. Um, I feel like there's still too many mistakes, too many scary moments, and too many, you know, tactical, tactical, tactical approaches in the game where it has people like ready to counteract and, and get us, and you know, we don't, we don't really. We don't really take the game by the scruff of the neck like we did against Aston Villa in certain moments of the game. So there's no confidence um, to just say that we, we're going to we're going to win our next game and then carry on winning and possibly get a top four run. No, I think I think, I think that's fair. Um, Els, about yourself, especially with, especially for this weekend as well. I mean, you saw your Leicester drop points that really opens up a battle for not only top four but for for the third place finish as well, which I think is doable. Uh, I think mean, I mean, I mean Chelsea in a really good run of form. One shot if they're, they're, in, they're in top four coming in the season. Uh, West, West, the West Ham train just keeps on keeps on chugging and yeah. it's conductor yeah. Jesse Lingard is on absolute fire. Um, fire. But you'd think that there'd be a point where that possibly slows down. Um, yeah, thankfully it's not because it's a bit more exciting this way. Um, and I, th- I think I think we can maybe put the nail. We can put put one nail in the uh, the Tottenham Hotspur coffin uh, after their after they lost to Manchester United at the weekend. But do you feel confident now that we've put three wins on the bounce and teams around us still have to play each other? I mean, I think Leicester still have to play Chelsea. Chelsea still have to play a few bit bigger opponents. Leicester as well. Um, do you feel a bit more confident for us to do the business as 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 we've showed in these past few games, um, or do you think we might just fall a little bit short? Um, I'm in the same boat as Julian. For the Villa game, I was happy with one, but I just wasn't convinced. I just wasn't convinced about the way we was playing. We were still very um, withdrawn, was within ourselves, a bit sloppy. Um, the only bright spark is that. The teams are in and around us are playing themselves, so that there is points to be dropped between um between those teams. Um, it's good that we finally picked up three wins, but I just the, the play is not really like giving me any yeah we're gonna get top four vibes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not really. Giving well, I'll tell you. Uh, do, you, do you think the thing? I think the thing for you and Julian, I'm kind of assessing is we're still not taking those moments when we get them. And I think the Villa game is a good personification of that, where you know there's two salad chances that should be done and dusted by half time. To be honest, I've really said this before, but I'm actually quite used to us being a high volume team. It's just that yeah. it's just that as a recent, I don't feel like those um, sustained periods of being high, vo- um, you know, creating high volume chances has actually happened, especially at home. Like we get the yeah. one or two, and that's and that was what we was um, was getting on the the Patreon pieces that 
what 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 Liverpool are really bad at this this year, especially, is actually create um, keeping that sustained period of creating chances and chances of chances against against too many teams at home where we had the one or two, and then that's it. And then from the rest of the game, we're on the back foot, we're getting pammed, we get and then even sometimes when we're not getting pammed, they just get the one chance, and then we're just behind, and then we're not able to bounce back into the game. Well, same as the same on the weekend. Like we were panning them. Next thing you know, ball ricochet, not ricochet, but somehow the ball falls to Watkins and he can get into the box and he scores. So I think those those are the things. Those are the little things that put me a bit on edge with this team currently because I don't know if we if we can continue to win. But to be fair to the lads, they won three on a bounce against Arsenal, Wolves, and um, Villa, which is. It's not the easiest run of games, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you're not on form because any of those teams can catch you slipping at any given day. So, um, hopefully we can go on. I'm not too sure. I'm not going to sit here and say that we are going to do it. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, we'll see, man. It makes games like um, the, the collapse of Leicester a little bit more harder to take because, you know, if, if you do the business there and, you know, they look on course doing it, but then it yeah. just completely fell apart. So it makes moments like that a little bit more. Even now, even now, even now, Chelsea, like how how close yeah. like games like that where we were literally at home. You know, we could have literally direct opponents for the top four could have closed the game down. Like yeah. even to get a draw would have been would have been would have been to our fancy. So to get lose games like that, and that was not even too long ago. It's like yeah, it, it, it kind of takes sting out of things. It makes you a bit less confident in our top four run. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. Um, I, I like to think there's enough muscle memory in this team to kind of just do, do the business and get it over the line, um, and just kind of take this run of fixtures till the end of the season as a, a, a mini block, a mini season, and blitz it out the door, really. Um, but but we have to again. They've got to prove us prove us wrong, prove us wrong as as as, as doubters, no matter how big and how slight they are, those guys may be, it's up to them to just kind of overturn it. And the you know, next two games we've got, aren't no barrel of laughs, really. He leads away on a Monday night. He's going to be a bit of a tough one. They've been playing really well. You know, got a, a very good win against uh, against Manchester City at the weekend. And, and, and Newcastle, you know, Alan San Maximan's Newcastle. I mean, it's his two, it's, it's his two Nani now. It's no one else's, it's his, uh, because he's carrying that ship on his back. I mean, good lord! He, he, when we were having a discussion with him, we're having a Liverpool. I think the, the 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 chorus might change on that one a little bit now. Uh, he's been he's been born in the past few weeks, and yeah, he's really kind of helped almost secure um, Premier League football for another season for them. So it's going it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. That is for sure. We do have to sh- sh- shove the fixture, sh- shove the focus onto tomorrow night's fixture. All or nothing. UEFA Champions League edition part two, as opposed to the initial one that we had a few weeks ago. So we do we, obviously we play Real Madrid tomorrow in our second leg game. We have a two nil deficit to overturn. We do have a away goal in the holster. You know we we, we pop that thing too if we need to. So I, I want I want to know from you guys a little bit of a quick fire question. What team and what formation? Importantly, to go into this, would you play tomorrow night in this do or die fixture? And Els, I'll start with you because I think it's, I think it's a really interesting conversation to have. It is, and I've been thinking, I've been thinking, I've been thinking. I will go four two three one. I will try and get four attackers on the pitch and just absolutely drown um, Madrid. I'll try my best to drown because in the first leg we didn't do enough to test their defense as. As annoying it was. And to be fair, obviously, I think some of us, we probably did celebrate prematurely. Well, we didn't really celebrate. We just thought it would be a bit easier because they're not playing with Varane and Ramos, who are two certain defenders. But then when you think about it, and down with the tower and um, Nacho ain't no push on over. Nacho was a Spanish international. Militao played in the Champions League like a couple of seasons. So it wasn't there. But having said that, I don't think we've done enough to to give, him, give Madrid anything to think about. Um, I think Tony Cruz had too much time on his hand. Nobody was pressing him, so I would like to, I would like for Mino to come in and just get on yep. his toes. Really. Do you know what I'm saying? Just stand on his toes. Don't give him time to dictate the game. Um, we want more people running in behind. So if we can get Salah, if we can get Mane and Jota running in behind, I know Mane's not on form, but 
it's them ones where he still he has physical attributes, which is really, 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 really what we need. Do you know what I'm saying? He's quick, he's strong, he can get in behind. Obviously, the footballing part has escaped him for, for what for the reasons I do not know, but. <laughs> He's um he's been he's suffering from a condition called space jamitis, where yeah, all is, of his powers yeah. just seem to have disappeared. <laughs> I love that some some aliens in Mars actually falling out of control, right? Now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, that, that's that's where we are. But I will play four two three one just because of that. Just try and get their R attackers to press them and push them in behind and just try and rush them. Um, I'll play Fabinho and Thiago in that middle just to control it. Those two players yep. are known to play the two the two sixes, so they can play their um, defense. Is what is is what we have. So I play that. Obviously, goalkeeper I'll play that. But yeah, I'll, I will actually play Thiago and Thiago and Fabinho with Fabinho dropping off into that number ten role. He can do it very well. Um, and the, the front, I would like to see. What I would like to see is money through not money not money through the middle. Salah through the middle, Jota on the left, money on the right. Because Mane and Jota, once they're playing, when they play close to each other, it's like they're trying to do the same thing, and it kind of messes yeah. us up. And it messes us up in the first leg. So if we can get them like away from each other, so Mane would do his job on that. Mane would be a proper winger, give support to Trent on that side, and Jota will obviously do his business on the left. Then if we can get um, Salah just trying to run in behind, I know he's, I know Salah likes to do his best work coming in onto his left foot, but just for this game, if he can just then use his physical attributes just to give yeah. You want you want you want to pin him on one of the centre backs as well. Yeah. And you want to pin him on Nacho because Militao is kind of athletic as well. So if you can get Nacho one on one with Salah, it gives us a, a few more options and a, a bit of space. So that's what I would do. No. Yeah. Awesome game plan. Julian, about about yourself? Yeah, I agree with Ellis. Um, I've, you know, going into when you asked this question, I was thinking more of a four-three-three. But then, as Ernest was speaking, it was convincing me a lot more. Um, the reason I'll go for four-two-three-one is because I feel like in a four-four-three, especially as of late, there's always going to be that one midfielder that's kind of non-existent in our game. Um, whether it's um Genie, um, whether it's Milne, or or when Milne is there, sometimes he is existent, but he's just making the wrong decisions. I feel like this isn't a game where we can have passengers where we can have people that are kind of just rolling, rolling by doing a six, seven out of, it's not even a seven out of 10, like a six out of 10, just, you know, no, 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 not imposing on the game, just keeping things ticking along. I feel like we need to um, approach this game with a purpose. We need to propose, approach this game with, you know, an intent to get two goals and hopefully maybe get three goals if we want to make a free one, but get two goals and then do the business and get out. Um, yeah. I, I agree with Ellis as well with the front three. I want Salah in the middle. Um, money on the right. I kind of want for 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 kind of a long time going forward now. Um, Mane and Joe are away from each other. Like I don't feel they. I don't feel like they gel pretty well. Um, Mane had you know he had a bit of joy when he was running in on that right um, around the end of the game, and Salah kind of um, went went in the middle. Um, and what I like about him and him and uh, Salah, him and Salah results that they're able to interchange quite a lot. They just don't strictly stick to their staying on the right wing and me being up front when they do play. So yeah, man, um, I, I, I would like to see a four-two-three-one. Fabinho, Thiago, uh, Firmino sitting just behind Salah up front, um, Mane on the right, and Jota on the left. I think I think the formation conversation for tomorrow night is generally a fa- it's such a fascinating fascinating conversation to have because I was thinking about it earlier on when, in terms of potential teams I'd pick and I think in, you know if if you wanted to go all out balls to the wall I'd go four two three one my centre back pairing and you're probably going to flog me for even saying it I'd go Kabak and Fabinho just because of the problems that we had um, with Real Madrid playing that consistent through ball. Um, and how they were doing it in, in, in the first leg. That's the only reason I'd do it. And then the midfield two would probably be a Wijnaldum, Thiago as a two, which can potentially work. You know, they can, you know, they 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 have operated in that two before, uh, and you know, the, the, the front four is as the front four. But uh, it, in terms, because uh, let, let, let's be honest, it, it probably will be a four-three-three, um, and I think it will more than likely be the. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we were it, was not, yeah, I, I'm yeah, yeah. it will be. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I generally think it's only because Jota has put himself in a weird position where he's best sub at the moment. 
most of his best moments have come when he's come off the bench and there's about 25 minutes to, to go in the games. Um, and it's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a curse, really, in all honesty. But it, it, uh, it's good to hear as well, if it's your, your approaches in the game, that you go a little bit more aggressive as opposed to a bit more withdrawn um, and just set ourselves into the game, which is something I, fa- I feel that like we just did not do and just failed to do throughout the entire of the first leg, really. We never, never, never truly got settled, and we got well and truly run off the park. I mean, never even got into to put the game plan into into, into play, really, because for, for a start, it was undone within, like, what, 20, 25 minutes, and then yeah. Kaiser had to get chucked off. So... And as good as... Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Chris. No, go, go on, as good as, um, as good as Modric is, like, as good as Cruz is... Especially Modric, like Modric's thirty-five. I'm just getting in around him. From he doesn't want people running around him. And as good as he is, I don't get me wrong. This guy's an elite footballer. He's still like when it comes to football, age when you when you have that kind of footballing brain, age doesn't really matter as much. But still, that you don't want to you don't want to be rushed into your decisions at that age. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of annoyed me that Liverpool didn't do that, especially with Tony Cruz. Like you're giving, like we said. Last um, we said before that like, you're giving him five minutes to find a pass, bro. This guy's a technically elite player. What are you doing? <laughs> so the, the, the Tony Cruz thing was so annoying because it reminded me of when um, England played Italy. I think it was either in the Euros or the World Cup, and they gave Perlo the, all the, spe- the, the oh. gave him the red carpet treatment. No one touched him. Yeah, they just let him operate, and it was just. No, I mean, I'll okay. just yeah. I mean, it's all game round. Ramage's misfood is too much respect, man. Like way too much respect. Yeah, you, these guys like you're younger than them. Get at them. Like don't just like watch them ball out. Like are you? Yeah, you, you're not watching. You're not watching from the rafters, bruv. Like watching them. Like do you want to see a a, a, a classic Champions League performance from Roger and Kroos on the pitch? Like like get yeah, at the rafters like sting. Yeah, man. Like get at them, man. And that's what we wasn't doing enough of. So that's why I definitely. That's why I definitely agree that in Klopp's mind. The four three three is more because even he was saying it um in the in the in the po- in the post match uh, pre match pre match interviews like what he wasn't impressed by um on on Tuesday was the amount of pressing that we wasn't doing and yeah we just definitely and com- especially compared to the game before Arsenal it's, it, it, the, the drop off was was quite disappointing to see probably yeah. disappointing as a manager as well. It was night and day in comparison to the Arsenal game. I mean, they did so much real good control, intense pressing. Um, as you said, they did fairly similar against Villa, really. They really kind of targeted Tyro Mings and made him... I think he did about four hours throughout the game, which was quite staggering, really. Um, but before we kind of do sign off, in you guys' hearts of hearts, do you truly believe that we'll progress tomorrow? Or do you think it's a little bit... Might be a bit too much to ask. It's very tricky. It's very tricky, but I've seen us in worse positions, so that's why I'm 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 keeping the hope. Like anything can happen in football, man. Like anything can happen, so I, I'm just keeping the hope. It's it's the hope that kills you, though. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it is very much the hope that kills you. Else, yeah. well, I'm usually so positive, bro, but I, I don't know if I'm just a little bit. I'm seeing at the minute. I haven't really got the confidence in them, which is weird. But again, we've seen them do it too many times. You know what I'm saying? Dortmund quarterfinal, uh, Barca semi-final. So we've seen it before, man. So I can't write off the team like that. But like Julian said, man, it's the hope that kills you, bro. It is indeed the hope that kills you. Look, um, again, we said it at the top of the show. Our, our Patreon, you know, our, our Patreon page, you know, we'll, we'll be there. Full post-match reaction show to. Whatever, whatever the result is uh, in, in tomorrow's fixture, so please do sign up from just let us five pound a month. Again, that is www.patient.com forward slash coffee and fracas to find out more information and sign up today. But again, no fans in the stadium. This is where you have to make the atmosphere for yourself. This is where you have to be the gang that, live, that, that, that people fear across Europe that is Liverpool Football Club. You need to be the animal. You need to become the team that you once were, the team that was feared throughout the land, not throughout the Premiership, but throughout all of Europe, throughout the world, because you are world champions. Tap back into that energy, overcome the deficit tomorrow, and hopefully march on towards a seventh European Cup. 
come on Liverpool let's fucking do it I've been your host Chris I've been joined by Julian and Ellis and that has been the episode of Copland Freakast for the 14th it'll be the 14th April when this goes out Jesus Christ and we will see you next week thank you very much for joining Network.